like really powerful snaps yeah wow that would hurt my hand yeah the uh the shock force of his snapping is incredible welcome to manfully live podcast uh if this is your first time tuning into manfully live manfully live comes from the well-known quote from saint irenaeus that says the glory of god is man fully alive well how do we become these men fully alive nicholas we have to have relationship relationship with who with the lord who is jesus christ jesus christ is the only man who ever walked the world the walked the earth that was fully alive and so by uniting ourselves with him but really it's like growing in that friendship just growing in that place the same way we would grow in friendship with with our close buddies you know our, our whether they be drinking buddies or our, our childhood friends or whatever knowing people requires spending time with them and so we do that in this podcast by getting to know the Lord through the gospel. That's right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Thank goodness for them writing stuff down. Yeah. Right. At least one good. <laughs> we wouldn't know much of nothing. Can you imagine? They were like, well, one of us should take notes here. <laughs> had we not had four? Have you oh. been listening? I don't know. No. Not me. I, I, I can't even write. <laughs> so the best place to start would be a, a prayer. Yes. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Dear Lord, you call us ever closer to yourself, and you ask us um, to have faith, to follow you, sometimes without even knowing where the next step is. And yet you are faithful, and you are kind. You are a gentleman. You are a man's man. And you help us to become better men ourselves. We ask you to help us to raise our hearts and mind to you, especially as we continue to contemplate your Eucharist. Help us to understand that sacrifice and love are manly virtues. We ask this in Christ our Lord. Amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So last week's challenge was really talking about studying where, you know, the, the root word of disciple and the root word of discipline are the same word. Right. And so in order to grow in discipleship of the Lord, we also have to grow in discipline. So it's important for us to root out those places where we lack. And offering those places also to the Lord, who is the uh, the, the creator of all and, the, and the, the mender of all. And so when I was looking back on places where I am weak, honestly, today was I had some insight to that specifically today where. I caught myself really just finally, I, you know, you think, man, I just love to go home and spend some time with my kids, but I found myself completely surrounded by my kids. And what was I doing? I was on my phone. This is an ever present challenge. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where under, under most circumstances, this is supposed to be a means by which we can communicate. But I find it taking away from the ability to communicate with the people that I love the most yeah. and the people that I should be communicating with on, on, a, on a greater level, on a better level. Right. So, yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, this was a good challenge this week. I, uh, I, I think this applies. You know, I've been trying more and more uh, to be attentive of 
the needs of, of those that are around me. Um, and, and one of the things that was a challenge for me when I first got married nine years ago, uh, I'm an extreme extrovert. I like people, I get energized by people. And so to, and most of my family is the same way, at least my, my immediate family. So I married a woman who's an introvert mm-hmm. and it took me a long time to understand what that meant. And so, uh, my wife and I were very, uh, lucky uh, blessed to be able to go on a retreat this weekend uh in order to speak about and ponder our marriage and to work uh to to have an ever-growing deeper relationship with one another um and retreats are great right and i thrive at them i love retreats but she uh as an introvert liked the content of the retreat but uh had a hard time having the energy to get all the way through it and it took me a while to to recognize that I had to be disciplined enough to recognize my wife's need and to be willing to leave the retreat early, which under normal circumstances or under my past mode of operation, I never would have done. I feel almost obligated to the people that are there to finish or to follow through with, with the retreat that I started. But in my wife's need to, to be done because she was overwhelmed by all the people for such an extended period of time, we, we left early. Yeah. And uh, so I, that that sort of falls under discipline because that it wasn't easy for me to leave. <laughs> I didn't sure, I didn't sure. want to, and so just sort of thinking to myself, okay, well, this is what she needs, and so I guess this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a good practice in that. I think. Yeah, I think, gosh, it's it's hard to see the places in which you're lacking, and more. Even so, when you have those places of clarity of, I lack in this, to offer that over to the Lord. So that was last week's challenge. Uh, we hope you guys got something out of that as well, at least some clarity of a place that you need to either relinquish control on or just offer it up in prayer to the Lord. Um, and so I think that was it was eye-opening for us, at least. Yeah. Uh, for this week, we have, a, we have the gospel from John. Uh, it's John chapter 6 verses 51 through 58 and this is a continuation of the bread of life discords and uh discourse and a big piece of what is so captivating about these gospel is is you know us being humans it takes us a long time to hear something and to for, for it to fall into our ears and take root in our soul and so uh, this is a continuation of a lot of the messages but There are nuances here that are unique to specifically this gospel. And so uh, without any further ado, um, a reading from the gospel of John. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. 
This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love it. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful gospel, but man, there's some big stuff that has to be unpacked. That's right. And I think one of the places for us to start is uh, where Christ says, I give my flesh for the life of the world. Um, but the way that he gave his flesh is through death. He died on the cross in order to give us his flesh. And then he gives us his flesh in order that we may have life. It's a, it's a wonderful ju- juxtaposition, uh, an understanding of the relationship between life and death. I, uh, I teach a baptism class every month, and one of the things that I always tell parents whenever they're pondering baptizing their child, I tell them that the waters of baptism are first a death, a death to self, to selfishness, to greed, to pride, to sin, right? Um, and it's only in the, the waters killing us, the death of baptism, that then we are able to rise to new life in the name yeah. of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we rise um, with the gift of the Holy Spirit in us and with the gifts of the virtues of faith, hope, and love. But that rising to new life requires a death. That sharing of the Eucharist, the body, blood, and soul, divinity of Christ, required his death. And Christians, if we're living our Christian duty well, if we're imitating Christ well, we have to go through death in order to come to life. So that, that, that seems so out of place, honestly, because in order that we might live, we must die. That's right. It's, you said it well, it is a juxtaposition and you know, it, it, but it does follow along the train of thought of what he's referred to himself. I am the sacrificial lamb, the right. lamb led to be slaughtered, right? Yes. Uh, I am the Passover lamb. And, and, Why would he continue to offer himself in an analogy that would have him dying over and over and over, right? Right. If not that he would eventually fulfill that, and then the Passover lamb is eaten of, right? Yes. And so, and from that death of the lamb, we receive energy. We receive nutrients and nutrition. And so it's, it's very much a fulfillment of, of so many of the, what we thought were just playful analogies or rhetoric that come to life. And, and, but in this case, he's now just dying, but not just dying. He's also offering the body, him, his own body, his flesh, so that we might have life, right? Yes. Not of... My, the flesh of the living God, right? And at the same time, he also comes back. So there, there really is a fullness of him living beyond what we see as the end. All right. <clears throat> the Eucharist is a living sacrifice. It is, it is Jesus Christ, uh, yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and he shares himself. But I think this brings us to our next point. I mean, Christ is nourishing us. You're right. He's nourishing us. But it's not just nutrients of the body. It's nutrients of the soul. And so Christ says, um, if you do not eat my body and drink my blood, you do not have life within me. 
or you do not have life within you. Sorry, mm-hmm. you do not have life. What does Christ mean by life? And how is that different? How is a Christian life different from simply existing, simply having been born? Um, and, and life here, I think, is not only an abundance of life, not only, you know, us being able to have a life full of virtue, love, relationship, sacrificial love, um, growing in virtue, kindness, all these kinds of things. But all of that is leading us to the life, the, the end of life, the eternal life. Mm-hmm. All of this is leading us to heaven, right? And so if we do not have life within us without the Eucharist, and if that life is referring to eternal life, because later on in the gospel, Jesus says, um, if you eat my body and drink my blood, you will have eternal life. At the very end, he says, you will, have, you will live forever. Yeah. The question could be made by anybody who reads this gospel, well, what does that mean? Does that mean if I do not receive Jesus' body and blood, if I do not eat his body and blood, as he specifically says in this gospel, that means that I do not have life. And if life here is referring to eternal life, then I might ask the question, Lord, if I don't receive your Eucharist, does that mean I don't get to go to heaven? And that is a difficult and serious question, especially for those who are interested in ecumenism, in, yeah. in, in talking yeah. with others about the faith. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I'm sure there's a huge question around those that that don't receive or or have have trouble around believing that it is the the living flesh of god but the one thing that i would i would say that would precede that point is that that christ through his example in his life gives us the guidestone by which we are supposed to live our lives so let me just kind of paint this in a literal sense christ dies in his flesh right? The human part of Christ dies fully on the cross. Okay. So if I'm supposed to follow follow Christ in the way of his cross, I have to die to my flesh. Yes. Okay. So point one, I have to die to my flesh. Okay. So let's, let's unpack that just a little bit further. The desires of my flesh are Sometimes sinful, lust, sure. gluttony, yeah. pride, yeah. sloth. sloth. You know, what's the least I can do? What's mm-hmm. in it for me? I only want to do what feels good, yeah. right? So I have to first put those things to death the way Christ died on the cross, thus putting to death my sinful nature. And then once I've accomplished that, to further unite myself with Christ, I receive his body into me. I receive his flesh for the journey ahead, thus giving me the life to continue on his legacy. And and, and in fact, to join ourselves to him, to continue on in him. Yeah. Eternally, right? Not my legacy, but his in the world, thus being Christians more fully. So Christians really do die to self so that we can rise with Christ because without the first death of him for our sins, we would not have a guide. But then without the second death, our own, we could not rise fully with Christ. Precisely. 
And what you describe is the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we ponder our life, we reconcile, and we reform. Yeah. We change our life, we avoid sin, we avoid the near occasion of sin, and then we live in virtue with and for Christ in order to be reunited with him eternally by growing in grace and growing in virtue and going to heaven. <clears throat> and ideally, that's precisely how it would happen. Yeah, but the the ideal is is a continual process. Of, yes. Precisely. Well, guess what? I got over the the lust sin last week, but man, I uh, I I went to an all you can eat buffet, and let's just say <laughs> gluttony might be the sin of the week. All right. <laughs> and and right, you know, and, we're and not we're cyclical. not also putting these things out there in a way that we aren't we aren't on the same trail that you guys are. We are. You know, we are both men, both with wives, both with kids both wondering are we fulfilling God's role for us in our lives? And so only by unpacking the words that Christ is giving us in this, do we actually get closer to becoming these men fully alive, these men that are going to actually have eternal life. Right. Right. We, we work out our, our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, but, as but scripture says you, you just said that the, 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 the real word, that, that so many people question around this gospel is the word of salvation. Yes. And the normative way that Christ is leaving behind here is that if you receive his Eucharist, right? If you receive the body of Christ, right? Eucharist is the body of Christ. And it is important to understand that that is the normative way. That is the easiest way so that you can get to heaven. Yes. What is what is required for heaven is first and foremost a relationship. First and foremost a a transformation where we literally die to self and rise in Christ. He must increase and I must decrease. And to the extent that we've been able to transform ourselves more and more to be like Christ in love and in service the more we are <clears throat> likely to join him for eternal life in heaven. So it's about relationship, loving him and serving him by loving and serving our neighbor. Um, the Eucharist is the means by which we receive the grace, the continual grace, the weekly grace that we need in order to live out that relationship. Yeah. So, this is the food for the journey. Yes, yes. Uh, and I love it. You know, all of my professors in the past who were big old nerds, they love to use the analogy of the, the lumbus bread from, from Lord of the Rings. You know, it's, it's uh, compact and fills you up. Um, and, and it and lasts one a long bite, time. One bite can sustain for days. Yeah, yeah. well, for a full-grown man, but not for hobbits, right? But, yeah, not uh, for hobbits, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but the Eucharist does sustain us, does give us grace in order to grow in that relationship. So the question of, is the Eucharist necessary for salvation? I would say the Eucharist is the bread that sustains us in order to make the journey. And without the Eucharist, we are limping. We are injured. We are in need of a medic. We are in need of the divine physician even more so um, than we would need him if we did not have the Eucharist. Yeah, The Eucharist is a salvific help of grace that allows us to reach heaven easier. I, I want 
you know, I want as a man to understand it more fully, right? I want to just get it. Yeah. Like that's the desire I think for every man just to, yeah, Lord, just let me, let me get it. Right. Let me, sure. let me fully understand what you are asking of me and what you are requiring yeah, of me without sort of intellectual fulfillment, without any, uh, long time for me to have to dwell on this and mm. a lifetime of suffering to fully understand and be more fully united with, you No, but you brought up the Lord of the Rings. So I want to just give a small analogy on that. There you go. So in the Lord of the Rings, you have a bunch of different characters, right? You, uh, you have the hobbits, um, brave, but, but weak, right? Sure. Uh, and, and, stronger than they they seem throughout the characters you have gimli mm -hmm. proud and strong and a warrior uh but easily driven to anger yeah. you have uh and then you have legolas right and everybody loves legolas i don't care who you are everybody's <laughs> like that orlando bloom but the <laughs> the interesting thing is is in the in uh tolkien's rendition of the elves he always talks about their great discipline and their servants to their craft and the reason it was so admirable they were all experts with bows and expert warriors and expert um you know even when they're talking about that lamness bread right the uh a single bite can sustain a grown man for days and i think about this that's because they had the discipline to say i only need i only need one bite right yeah. And the hobbits look at each other and they go, how many did you eat? And he's like, two. <laughs> so the other one's like four. And, and so they're, 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 they, they, at that point start governing themselves based off what the disciplined ones do. But it's a beautiful analogy when you talk about that journey of, of a ragtag group of people. And that's really like, a picture of what our journey to heaven looks like. There are going to be places in which ones are strong and ones are weak. And so that challenge that we had last week where we were talking about the disciplines, right? It's cool to think that there are people out there that have all these different areas of discipline and these St. Augustines and these St. Sebastians and these St. Jerome who you love and, and, and really what I'm, what, what's so attractive about those is their exceptional discipline to the Lord, which, which brings so much, uh, passion from other men, right? The discipline of one man can spill over into others. And, and that's, I think where you can see, even in this gospel, Christ doesn't take the full credit. Being that he is the son of God, he could just say, I, being part of God, did this. But he even says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. Just as, I, just as the living father sent me, and I have life because of the father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. He's not even giving us an example by which he's not following himself. Right, right. I mean, yeah, just like the characters in The Lord of the Rings, they learn from one another. 
so too do we need to learn from one another. It's, it's the reason why this podcast is based on a quote by St. Irenaeus. St. Irenaeus is a model for us mm-hmm. who points us towards Christ. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully we as podcast makers are, are, are hopefully uh, <laughs> inviting... from one another and, yeah, and inviting you And guys. inviting others, yeah, to join us. Um, that's precisely what this is all about. We, we receive grace from God and through his, his sacraments... And we share. So here's the point, or at least here's a point, that if receiving the Eucharist makes it easier for us to go to heaven, then we want people to receive it. We want to tell people the good news, not only of the gospel, but the content of the gospel. And the content is clearly saying today, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And for anybody who doesn't have that gift yet, I invite them to seriously consider it talk to a priest, to join a, a, a program by which they can learn more about Catholicism. To, and if you're already Catholic and you still struggle with the belief of the Eucharist, then, then ponder it with other men who are wise. Yeah. But, but lean into that issue for your own good. Decide definitively, yes, this is Christ, or no, it's not. And let that have an effect on your life. It's hard to ask for help as a man. Yes. It's just, it is the nature of being a man. No man likes to ask any other man for help. But Christ gives us the example saying, I am reliant on the Father and I am reliant on each of you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have surrounded himself with anyone, right? And we wouldn't have the gospel today had he kept his divinity to himself, right? Yeah, he shares it as pure gift to us. Thus, we have to take that gift and share it outwards. So a challenge, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, is I think something to do with holy friendship and, and pursuing out those that are more disciplined in the faith. And without any buttering up of it, take them out for a beer. Have them over. Yeah. Grow in relationship with those that might be a little bit more holy than you. I love that moment in those kinds of conversations where you're sitting down and you're like, hey, good to see you. Here's a beer. Here's a couch. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um, so, hey, by the way, I invited you over because I actually have a serious question for you. Like, um, let's talk about the Eucharist. And your friend will go, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you might be a little sheepish at first, but I've had the experience where, where men have asked me a question about the faith and it. It feels so good to have them honor me by asking me something that I know will do them good, to talk about the faith, to help men um, sharpen other men yeah. uh, in order to grow in the faith is a beautiful thing um, that, that can only be good. It can only be good for men to share faith together, to discuss it, to debate it if necessary, just so that we can come to terms with what Christ has taught, what his church offers and how to get to heaven and, and be careful not to debate from a sense of pride, but from a desire to seek truth yeah, yes. because Christ is the way, the truth and the life. We need that truth as a part of this for us to have both the way and the life. It's a, it's a threefold mystery in of itself. So that's a good point because truth, truth is to be sought for its own good. Yeah. And if, 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 if we can say to ourselves, honestly, I don't care what the truth is, as long as I can discover it for real, then, then go for it. 
So there's your challenge, guys. Seek out those that are more disciplined in the faith and unite yourself with them in friendship, um, even if it's just having a beer with them and growing in, in the love of the Lord by growing in a friendship. Absolutely. Uh, you want to take us out in a prayer? Or do you sure. want me to do it? Did sure. you do the first one? I did, but I'll do it again. All right, go for it. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, you give us the greatest gift. You invite us to the greatness of of personal relationship with you. You invite us to be so close to you that we taste you, that we more than ponder you, but we receive you on our tongue and we fall in love with you. Lord, help us. Help us uh, against our disbelief. Help us to fall more in love with you. Help us to desire truth at any cost, no matter what. And help us to appreciate the gifts that you desire to give us. Help us to recognize them as gifts. And help us to desire to share those gifts with others. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Four Man Fully Alive podcast. My name is Mike with a mic. And this is Deacon Nick. Have a great week, guys.